The Aggies, the Jazz, the high schools. If it's the sport you care about, we're talking about it. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Hey, good afternoon, everybody. Eric Franson, Andre Salveson. Sorry about the weirdness from the last hour there. At the tail end of the broadcast, we had some weird technical issues that were beyond our control here in the studio, but uh, our crack engineers jumped onto the scene, got it figured out, so we're, we're back at it now. Can we take commercial breaks? That is the question. Yes, we can now. Everything should work as it's supposed to work now. We're crossing all of our fingers and toes and even our eyes, uh, but yes, it should work now. It was a, a weird technical thing that happened. Uh, apparently, the, the word was old software. Okay. Um, but we're back. So, sorry about that weirdness last hour, the last end of things. But uh, still a lot of things to get through today in this this hour of the Full Court Press. And uh, we want to talk about the XFL. We want to talk about Utah State football, their coaching staff. We want to talk about Team USA. They're getting ready to take on... Uh, an Australian team, which Greg Popovich says is a huge, huge threat. So we'll get into that uh, a little bit later on as well. Uh, last hour, in case you missed it, we did our Full Court Press movie quiz. we got to give away some tickets to Jake Hunsaker and Aaron Rinlisbacher. Okay, by the way, it is Darren, not Aaron. Oh, it's Darren. Yes, Darren Rinlisbacher. Ooh, I'm sorry. With a capital D. Darren. So, congratulations on calling him the wrong name. Yes. That I have to come and bail you out again. Sorry, Darren. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, we'll have more tickets to give away over the next couple of days to the Rocky Mountain kickoff, which is next Thursday. And a uh, really cool doubleheader, Logan versus Preston, Skyview versus Shelley. And otherwise, tickets are $7 at the USU ticket office. You can get them through Logan High. You can get them through Skyview. You can get them at Stokes Marketplace in Preston. So those are the places to get your tickets for next Thursday. Get your tickets in advance. Get them early. Because there's been some cases where people just show up right before. And it's a huge, <laughs> long line. Huge, long line. So get your tickets in advance and just walk right in. That's the best way to do it. You're not going to save yourself any money. It's not going to be any different. You will save yourself a lot of time. So do that. Our advice. So uh, the XFL is getting ready to get things rolling Yay. in February next year. Yummy. And uh, they announced that they were going to be starting their league up again not long after the Alliance for American Football said they were going to be starting a professional football league. But they wanted to, they gave themselves more time to get things figured out. And, and it's proving to be a smart strategy. Mm-hmm. We thought that the Alliance for American football may have the end because they were in early and would get the early edge on sponsors and uh, TV opportunities and, and a little bit of excitement and momentum. But alas, it didn't last. Uh, not only people bought tickets, they were in financial disarray. They weren't able to pay their players. It was a real mess. But the XFL, we'll see if they can avoid that same fate. Well, it's still to be determined. But they begin games in February of 2020. And here are the teams. Ajay, you you let me know if any of these teams get you excited for XFL. XFL. Okay. You have the Dallas Renegades. All right. Houston Roughnecks. Ooh. 
Los Angeles Wildcats,、mm. New York Guardians, ah, St. Louis Battlehawks, ooh, Seattle Dragons, e, Tampa Bay Vipers, oh, and Washington Defenders, oh. You know, it's in as Washington D.C. area, not Washington. I、State. like the Houston Roughnecks,、uh, and their logo looks like an oil platform. Oh, kind of like the old Houston Oilers. Kind of, because the guys that—that's、uh, that, what the those, Houston those, Oilers were. Yeah, those crews that work on those. Oh,、uh, those were、awesome. oil rigs. They call them Roughnecks. I miss those. Okay, um, and then tell me about the Guardians. Uh, that is. A little weird, to be honest. The New York Guardians. I can't quite tell what I'm looking at. It looks like a saber-toothed tiger. Oh, Power Rangers, the yellow one. But、uh, it looks like it has like a, some kind of a an Egyptian sphinx thing going on on the back end of its neck. I don't know. It, I'm cool. Red, that, red colors. In it's gray. Oh, not excited anymore.、Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. All right.、Um, and then last one,、uh, the DC Defenders. DC Defenders. Tell me about them. It looks like a shield,、okay. with lightning bolts crossing the middle, kind of an X, and it has three stars: blue and yellow. Is there、color? red and white? What? And it says DC at the bottom. It's not great, but it's not. So is as- that supposed to be a playoff of like Avengers, the the Defenders? I, I, it's DC instead of Marvel. Sponsored by DC Comics. Here is your DC Defenders. Uh, maybe I don't. Sponsored、know. by the Power Rangers. Here is your maybe a bit of a、strip. New York Guardians.、Uh, Seattle Dragons honestly looks a little cartoonish, and I just don't get the Battlehawks. What in the world is a Battlehawk? Sponsored by Dwight Schrute. <laughs> and he meant to do Battlehawks. Battlestar Galactica. It's like a sword pointing straight up in the air with like wings coming out of it. Isn't that like a military、uh, pin or something like that? Battlehawks, huh? Okay, that's all right. That's all right.、Uh, all right, and I'm okay. So、uh, I haven't even seen these logos yet. Is L.A. just as L.A. spelled out?、Um, L.A. They're the L.A. Wildcats, but there's not like a an animal or anything. It's just a, a stylized、oh, font, right、font of yeah, L.A.、See? It's lazy. L.A. is so lazy. Hopefully their stadium doesn't look like crap, because their logos do. I like the Renegades. Hey, the Renegades look cool. Yeah, that's kind of cool. Little、uh, kind of like the、uh, Bandit. But that—that's a third professional team in Los Angeles. Is that is it going to work? It's a third professional team. Oh yeah, in New York. Oh yeah, LA won't have a problem there. Yeah. Yeah. New York. That's pro- that's the furthest north. Of any of these teams, well, I guess Seattle is furthest north technically, but you look at cold weather climes. New York is is the coldest.、Uh, Washington, Defenders, Seattle Dragons. The rest of these are、uh, a little bit further south or very south. Are you a little surprised that?、Um, you, well, let me ask you this: Do you think that that's enough teams to make a league really work? Yeah, I would rather have little teams more than a lot of teams. Yeah, I like it. I like the way it is, and it won't be a joke this year, you know, or this this upcoming, you know, a second edition of the XFL. The first one was just let's just make fun of the NFL. Let's waste our time and our money. 
They won't do that this time. Here's a few other things about the XFL. Uh, they're they're going to do... They've sent out hundreds of invitations to potential players to participate in their draft, prospective players. Uh, they're going to publicize their rule book, which they say will have uh, with a reimagined game of football. Unique extra points, modified setup for overtime, shorter play clock to keep things moving. The draft is going to happen in October. It's going to be a mini camp in December. Training camps will begin in January. What do you think? Think it's going to last? Um, no. It'll be a novelty for a minute, like the Alliance of American Football was. Yeah, but this this but XFL has more money than the American Associ- whatever American Alliance League, or whatever it was, Alliance Football League. This because Alliance of American Football money. had good TV partners. Yeah, but they didn't pay. They their were players. in decent markets. They didn't pay their players. That's an <laughs> no, issue. They didn't earn enough money. Yeah. XFL has the money. Fans didn't come to, to the games. Hmm. Uh, but, uh, I don't know. Maybe if it's unique enough and it's different enough, um, maybe. I mean, there, there are a lot of players, a lot of guys out there who play, play football but don't make NFL rosters or don't get much opportunities on NFL rosters. But there's going to be a, a real big question. Guys that got burned by the Alliance, it, will they be hesitant to join this and get stiffed again? Yeah, that's true. That is a huge issue. And they have a right to be worried, right? I mean, they... Yeah, I, I'd be absolutely terrified. Absolutely terrified. But at the same time, if you're not playing in the NFL and you still want to play... Uh, I'd probably just still risk it. Look, hey, it's still a chance to play, get on a field, maybe get noticed. Because it is in an off-season of the NFL. Uh, I haven't seen how long they think the season's going to last. I haven't seen that, if it's any different than what the Alliance was doing. That's a good point. But uh, anyways, it starts up, well, the, the draft is coming up in October uh, and uh, training camps for the individual teams, those will begin in January and season will begin in February next year. As uh, soon as the Super Bowl is over, is over and the NFL is done, then the XFL will pick up and get rolling. Uh, the, the, the rule book will be interesting to see just how different it is, mm-hmm. how unique they try to make it. Or how different they try to make it, and if that'll be enough to to create interest and intrigue for people to tune in, or to come buy tickets. Yeah, but, yeah, absolutely. But uh, eight teams. And, and, and if you here's play everybody the thing: is that it, you, times, you're you right. It will months. it will start off as kind of a big hit for everybody. Like, let's see how it looks. But can they can sustain that consistency? And if they, because in the Alliance League, there wasn't incredibly good talent. The XFL, I think there's a little bit more talent than the Alliance had. We don't even know what talent they have. Well, you know some of the players. In the XFL? Yeah, a couple of guys from the Alliance League, a bunch of guys from the Alliance League left over to there. And then they added some on. Landry Jones is the only guy I'm aware of. Uh, Yeah. Who is officially an XFL player. 
Yeah. I like it. I'm excited. I when does that start? February? February. Jeez, not till next year. You remember when the XFL in its original state had a team in Las Vegas? No. I think they had more teams when they first go. I can't remember that. Really? Yeah. They played at the Sam Boyd Stadium. Huh. I don't even remember that, dude. That's that feels so long ago. What was that? Oh two? Oh one? Oh man, that was twenty years ago at least. Ish. I remember just watching it the first time. My dad just like looked at me and changed it and he said, What a joke. Well, they tried, I think, a little too hard to play off of... To be the whole rebel. You're right. We're going to be like professional wrestling. Yeah, it just didn't work. We're going to make sure we encourage trash talking, mic guys up. and What was the one guy's name? Hate me. He hate me. Yeah, he hate me. That was cool. Okay, so the XFL originally was founded in 1999, and their first season was in 2000. Well, their only season was in 2001. They had eight teams back then, too. Huh. They have more money now, and they're more mature. I think they'll be better this year. This upcoming season. Well, certainly there are more uh, broadcast options now than what they had in the original going. Mm-hmm. So that will be... That could potentially affect them. But... Uh, the. In their original form, there was the Birmingham Thunderbolts, the Chicago Enforcers, the New York, New Jersey Hitmen, Orlando Rage, Las Vegas Outlaws, Los Angeles Extreme, Memphis Maniacs, and San Francisco Demons. Memphis Maniacs. I mean, all of these are like <laughs> taking too many steroids oh, and rage it. issues. Memphis Maniacs, huh? Yeah, Thunderbolts, Enforcers, Hitmen, Rage, Outlaws, Extreme Maniacs, and Demons. Oh, man. And now, in the modern iteration of the XFL, you have the Renegades, the Roughnecks, the Wildcats, the Guardians. That's not very threatening. Uh, The Battlehawks, the Dragons, the Vipers, and the Defenders. A little more friendly. Interesting. But they had eight teams last time. They're going to have eight teams this time. Again, more money, and I think, they're, I think they've learned their lesson from not messing it up. Interesting that they took 20 years to try to bring it back. Well, I think they had to, I mean, you make a mistake and you fall flat on your face like they did, it's going to take you a while to be like, Wow, should we really do that again? I mean, we messed it up pretty badly, and we look like an absolute embarrassment. And they did. Do so you yeah, who it, won their inaugural inaugural no. year? Oh, I don't. Yeah, I have no idea. So they only had sent four teams to the playoffs. The top two in the East, the top two in the West. Uh, it was Los Angeles versus Chicago, San Francisco versus Orlando. Uh, San Francisco with the upset, and uh, they advanced to the championship. Los Angeles beat Chicago. So in the million dollar game, Los Angeles beat San Francisco thirty eight to six. Hmm. Tommy Maddox was the most valuable player. 
So, anyway, XFL. Wait, Tommy Maddox? The former Steelers quarterback? No joke. Wow. Yep. Oh, man. That's crazy. He is one of three players who have won both Super Bowl and XFL championships. How about that? He should be in the Hall of Fame. The XFL Hall of Fame. That's right. That's right. Can you have a Hall of Fame after being in existence for only one year? Sure. Can you have an Alliance of American Football Hall of Fame? (laughs) Will anyone come... (laughs) To see the statues. Could you imagine if they did something like that? Who will be enshrined in the Alliance of American Football Hall of Fame? Or will somebody more appropriately drop the F and uh, bring an S and an H? <laughs> the Alliance of American Football Hall of Shame. <laughs> the owner, the uh, the uh, general manager of the league, the commissioner of the league, will definitely be a first round ballot induction. <laughs> funny hey uh i think you know we were talking about uniforms and such uh i wanted to ask you what was your favorite nfl old school uniform my favorite old school uniform in the nfl in the nfl Mm -hmm. oh gosh man that's i don't know i don't think about that i can tell you who it's not uh, I, I do not love the Steelers' old school uniforms with the stripes. Oh, yeah. Really weird to me. And that in that case, there was the Steelers Broncos. Remember in 09 when they played the Patriots, they wore these throwbacks, and they were hideous. After, dude, you should go back and look. They looked horrible. Now, their orange and blue uniforms were sweet. The uh, old school D with the Bronco in the middle of it. Oh, yeah. And there was something intimidating about that. Like playing those guys at mile high underneath the lights in bad weather with those uniforms. Yeah. People always said that was intimidating. Um, I think the Patriots, they're old school with the Pat guy. You know, uh, kind of as the center with the football was great. I think the Rams old schools were great. Oilers were awesome. Seahawks were interesting. Yeah. The old Seahawks jerseys? Yeah. With the old school Seahawk on it. Okay. Before they got into the whole like action green. Yeah. The neon colors. Yeah, I fell out of it. What? Uh, and originally copied it. Um. Yeah. And then so yeah, Broncos. Patriots. Rams. But they're bringing it back. So. I'm trying to think. Chargers were interesting, too. Chargers were pretty cool back then. Yeah. Anyway. Did you bring uh, back the old Tampa Bay? Oh, that's right. <laughs> those the Pirate. Were, those were... Orange and yellow or whatever yeah, it was. they were so weird. Oh, I forgot about those ones. Those were awesome. All right, let's do this. We Let's shift gears. Let's talk about Utah State football. Sure. Let's talk about the Aggie coaching staff. Mm-hmm. As we do our USU football camp updates we've been doing different position previews and today we wanted to focus on the coaches what does this coaching staff look like who are the newcomers who are the guys that were there before but if are they at the same place did they get moved around how well do they fit in these new uh new roles so we'll get into that also a little bit later on we'll get into team usa getting ready to uh face off against the australians and 
Greg Popovich is very nervous. He's very concerned about it. Uh, there's an ex panel of experts, quote unquote experts, on ESPN that predicted the win totals for every team in the NBA. Where do they predict the Jazz? And then we'll circle back to college football. And there's a, uh, it was a sports book? Yeah, sports betting line predicted the Mount West Conference teams, each of them, their win totals. You know, like, you won't, you'll be surprised where USU sits. And yeah, we'll give our own over or under predictions for those Mountain West schools. All that's coming up here on the Full Court Press. 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. The Aggies are number one here. The Full Court Press. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and online at 1069thefan.com. Eric Franson, Ajay Salveson, Full Court Press rolls on. By the way, Ajay, do you... Do you understand? I hope you understand how lucky you are. You're a lucky dude. <laughs> okay. Because I've been like beating you up for the last two months on pick six. And I've been like destroying you, even when I'm like trying to lose. I'm, I'm just. <laughs> what are you trying I'm to I'm just what's getting your point? so lucky. What's and your, I just what's keep your winning. point? Stop it. What do you want? But the Mrs. Salveson shows up today and she's Aww. just like pulling stuff out of a bag. Yeah. Like, what's this? And you said no to everything. Like, oh, no, I don't want it. And so you made her put it all back in the bag and take it home. <laughs> no. I, you jerk. I said she didn't have to do that because you already owned, owned up and paid me with a treat from losing pick six from this Doesn't last year. Doesn't matter. Week, she's going to sit in that stupid candy drawer that's she's stale. She's like, you know what? You've, you've done such a good job of beating IJ over the last <laughs> two months. You deserve to something extra. I got this big thing of soda. I got this giant uh, Rice Krispie treat that's as big as my face. Then she pulls out another one. I'm like, my gosh, I can't eat all of this. You're so nice, but thank you. I don't. I don't really don't need this. Audrey, you already paid up. And then you put it in the bag and gave it back to her. No, I and did not. She do walked that. away crying. I did not do that. So yeah, dude. Okay, so next thank time, thank you to the misses. When I win, Ajay. I want you to pay me up, and then I want your wife to bring in some treats and snacks for me. If you win eight year, eight weeks in a row, we'll we'll do that, dude. What do you? I mean, honestly, like I swear, like the pick six gods are just against me. No, I mean, and I'm serious. I've lost eight weeks in a row, and one of them you tried to throw. I was trying to be nice on your birthday and like swing it in your favor, and I I still because you walk away thinking like I'm gonna lose this, and then I, on Sunday on Monday morning you're like. What in the When I was looking world? at it, I'm like, oh, crap. No, no. Really? That happened? Oh. Felt bad. I did, too. I looked at it, and I was like, my birthday's lame. I was just ticked. Anyway, I haven't been the same since. Thank you to the missus. She's very kind. She's thank very you, sweet. Ajay, for bringing Eric a treat. She's very sweet. Uh, Utah State football coaches, as we've been going through different positions, um, here and there we talk about the, you know, the coach that's assigned to that position. We've heard from some of them in interviews that we've done, but let's talk about, about this group as a whole, as a unit, as part of the, the, the whole fo- USU football team. We've talked about safeties. We've talked about running backs. We've talked about the defensive line. Let's talk about the coaches as a unit for Utah State football. Uh, led by Gary Anderson. Before we get into all the assistants, I want to first talk about Gary Anderson. I, you can tell this is a guy that's 
that feels like he's happy to be back in Logan, happy to be given another chance to be a head coach. And I don't care who you talk to. It seems like every player that I talk to, uh, anybody who has any interaction with Gary Anderson, they just absolutely love having him as the head coach. Um, I think we've talked about this a little bit. Uh, stop me if you haven't heard it before, but you remember his press conference. Um, and when he was at the podium, you almost just saw a man that was humbled. Humbled at Oregon State, humbled at Wisconsin, and like you said, was so grateful to be back in Cash Valley. And everybody wanted him back here. Everybody wanted Gary Anderson back because of what he did for the kids in his short time here, the first the first go around, and well, I, I'm going to clarify that I don't I don't know that everybody wanted him back. I think there were some that said, "Look, you had your chance." Yeah, there were some, maybe not so much in Cash Valley, but I know there were national media people that saw how he exited Oregon State, and they didn't want that guy to ever have a head coaching job ever again. That's true, but well, I guess the majority of people within Cash Valley who understood what he meant to the Aggies during a after a rough stint with Brent Guy and with Mick Dennehy, wondering if you're ever going to see a bowl game ever again the rest of your life. And then Gary Anderson comes in and quickly, bam, just like that, turns it around. Totally changed the And then you win a bowl game. Too. I mean, it's just it's stuff. Yeah, and so it just made you believe again. It made you want to be an Aggie football fan again. You know, no one's ever saying, man, I can't wait till college basketball season. Everyone's asking, can't wait till Saturday night, get a chance to take on Law Tech at the time, you know. And so those, and so it, it brought back good memories, and and people wanted that back again. And 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 Matt, of course, sustained that success for the most part, uh, and then took off. And now Gary comes back, but you could just see how grateful he was to be back, how humbled he is by the opportunity to come back and coach at Utah State. Uh, and and what, and when I talk to players, um, yeah, sure, I'll just go ahead and say it. When I've talked to a couple of players, they said. We love Gary because he's a player's coach, and he cares about the kids in a genuine manner. You can read into that however you want, whatever you want, but kids are so excited to have Gary Anderson back, and they feel like it's different compared to the last few years. Well, if you want any evidence about where he, why he's here and what he wants to do here, what his opinion is about this place, you don't have to look any further than the locker room. He's he spent his own money from he and his wife to do a significant upgrade of the locker room and made it look like a power five yeah. locker room. And if I remember right, they were going to, cause Matt coach Wells had wanted to put in some new turf or something like a new practice facility or something like that. And uh, they, I mean, they they had it all approved for money wise. And then Gary came in, Matt left and they told Gary about it. And Gary's like, we don't need another practice. What, what are we doing? No, let's build us a locker room. Let's take care of the kids. So, boom, what do you know? They take, they build up a locker room. It's gorgeous, by the way. Beautiful. Well done. And, uh, and he did. He came through for the kids, then, which is awesome. I think Gary's here for a long time, except for one potential instance. And which, that would be if Whittingham hangs it up, or goes somewhere else, he's going to throw his hat in the ring to be the head coach at Utah. I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, I think he's made that known. I think it would make sense. But other than that, I don't see him 
trying to improve his profile to get another Power 5 gig somewhere else. But Gary's not going anywhere for a little bit, I, like you said. And, and I don't know if Whittingham's going to be going for a while either. I think I think Whittingham might stick around for two, three more years. Um, and, you know, and, and, you know, Gary's worked with Whittingham for a long time. And I think he's earned that position to be the next head coach at Utah University. And you can be angry about it all you want. Sure, by all means. But he's earned that opportunity, and that's an opportunity he's always he would love to have. So but, I, I cannot hold it against him if he no me neither chooses yeah, to try absolutely. to pursue. It. And you know, he, I did, and by the way, since we're on this topic, I'm going to go ahead and say it. Listening to Coach Craig Smith talk at that state of the Aggies made me so depressed because listening to how genuine he is about how much he loves Utah State. Listening to how genuine he is when he talks about how much he cares about the kids. Why does that make you depressed? Just let me finish and listen. Are you one, you're one of those fatalist how genuine is he is when he cares about the fans of Utah State. I know where you're going. You are a fatalist Aggie, and those annoy me. It is going to suck that after he goes to another NCAA tournament appearance and rocks it with this really great group, that there is going to be not one, not two, not three, not four, but not five, but many universities calling his name saying, hey, we've got an opening. We'd love to have you. Great. Good for him. Congratulations. See, we're way off topic here, but this... No, we're not way I, off I, topic. We're on the This topic. attitude is so prevailing in this community. What are you community, talking about? It drives me insane. What does it drive you insane for? You can definitely Enjoy bemoan the fact the that success you're going to lose a moment. coach like that. Enjoy it now. Because people are already starting to set themselves up. Oh, it's going to really suck when this guy leaves. Oh, it's terrible. Well, it's, it's better terrible. than remember when Anderson left oh, and we were all stunned he's so and good. bummed oh, out and depressed. It's hurt when he's gone. Well, you know what? Yeah, maybe it will. But maybe he won't go. Let's enjoy it for what it is now. Why are we all getting down in the dumps, pulling an Eeyore, when pulling a nothing has happened? In. Nothing has happened. Enjoy the success and the moment today. Don't get all fatalist like, oh, it's going to happen. It's He's going to happen. We can, definitely, we can definitely understand. And that sucks because at great universities, you know what? I'm not trying to say that it, it wouldn't suck They would he, keep their coaches and you wouldn't have to worry about this. But at Utah State, you have to worry about it every single year. Why? Why can't what do you, you mean why? Enjoy? Look, if he can take the program to a higher level than it was before. Sure. With opportunities to find somebody else to continue that success. That's hard to do, though. Great. Craig Smith don't come like every single coach you look at. Then why should we go out and try to find great talent to coach these teams? Why don't we just go find mediocre coaches? They're going to stick Utah State in mediocrity forever because there's be no threat that this guy might leave. Heaven forbid, let's be satisfied with mediocrity because he'll never be good and then leave us and oh, it'll hurt when I he leaves. I just wish one, no, I'm just saying, I wish one great coach would be like, you know what, like Stu Morrill. And I'm not trying to compare Craig to Stu. I, I'm not. But everybody wants a Stu Morrill. And I get that. Absolutely. I'd There's love to no have problem him for with 20 that. years coaching and taking kids. People um, thought to, Gary Anderson would be a Stu Morrill. Yeah. And you know what, how depressing it was when he left? When we didn't see it coming? So, yeah, we are pessimists, but we have a right to be because we've been backstabbed before. But you have to also understand where Utah State is in the pecking order of college athletics. Utah State is not going to be a final destination location for great coaches. 
I'm sorry. Maybe that's painful How do we and that's that? offensive for some see, people now, to hear. See, now you're on my wagon. See, now you're there. You're on my but, wagon. No, I'm not. I'm. Yeah, you are. You, you understand what it is. And you, okay, great. We get some great up and coming coaches and let's enjoy them while they're here. If they come and elevate the stature of the program on a national or regional level, good for them. We need to find a way to keep them. And then though. you know what? You find we the need next to find guy to a do way that to same keep thing. Them. We need to find a way to sacrifice whatever we need to do to say, you know what? We want you here. What the, is it going to take the, to keep you here? The community and the pockets are not deep enough. Or in the, the community is not big enough. The athletic budget, the boosters, it's not big enough. There's no way it can compete with some of those Power 5 schools. If they want to come calling with their private jets and their deep pockets, there's no way Utah State can compete with that. So you're telling me if we could find how, somehow find a deeper pocket, deeper budget, and we could pay him the, what, the money he deserves to get paid, we could keep him? Yeah, probably. Okay. All right. All right. I like that. But I'm going to circle back to... The, yeah, we'll go back to Coach Anderson. Gary Anderson is a, is a great coach. Yeah, he Yes, is. he's had some stumbles along the way after I think he, he left. I think and I think he's realized, now. you know what? I had a pretty good thing going. Yeah, I would totally agree. And it was it was great time for him and his family. He's found, found a way to come back. Some people wanted to see a wider pool of just what, what could Utah State attract in that moment when it had an 11-2 and record and top 25 finish. But Gary Anderson knows the culture. He's, he knows how to succeed in Logan. He understands Utah and the missionary recruiting thing. Um, and he does, he's, he's had to eat some humble pie along the way, but he's still got a lot of energy in him, great personality, and the, the players love this guy. Um, I'm a big fan of Gary Anderson. When I first learned that that he may be an option uh, to replace Matt Wells, I was excited about it. And when I've talked to him and see him interact on the field, I'm reminded why I felt that way before, and I'm excited to see what he does in the second go-around at Utah State. Yeah, me too. And he's and he's got a great coaching staff along with him. I, I think Mike Sanford Jr. is a great coach. I really do offensive mind. I think Justin Enna coming from Utah is a huge get, a really big get for the Utah State Aggies. Um, and, and some of the under-the-radar guys, the passing game coordinator, Coach Phillips, I think is going to be really good for Jordan Love. He's been in the NFL game for for years too, so he knows his stuff. Um, and and, and but is Stacey Collins doing special teams? Is that right now? Stacey Collins is doing special teams and running backs. Which I, I've seen him do. A little, I mean, he's. I like his energy. I love he is his fun energy, to watch. Man. I love watching him on. The uh, and then another guy, and I'm so glad to have him back. And he's not one for attention. Is Frank Malley? Yeah, I am so grateful, and I know this team is grateful. The returners to have Coach Frank Malley back. That's that is that is one of the biggest gets you could get back. A guy who easily could have been a head coach anywhere else because he's respected. He's uh, he's such a good coach, high IQ. It's it, it's cool to have him back, or, or a significant position coach or defensive sure. coordinator at other significant yes. institutions. And he's a tight ends coach here, right now. Yeah, so that was that is unique. That is a little bit different. He's switching to the offensive side, uh, where he's been such a defensive guy, defensive line coach or co defensive coordinator. Uh, now he's the uh, the tight ends coach and the assistant head coach. 
He's made it known he'd like to be a head coach. Someday. Oh, yeah. He Gary made Anderson it very known to us. Hold him under his wing and wants to show him opportunities and how to do that. And we had a great conversation with him after, off the record, um, where, he, you know, you could just tell, like, he's grateful to be here and he's grateful to be to work underneath Anderson. But there is, like you said, one day where he wants to go be a head coach. Um, and I'm so excited for that for him to come, for that time for him to come to be a head coach because he really has earned it. And I think he'll. He'll do great things, too. And I like that that he understands what it takes to be on the line. And while maybe he had that defensive background, I think it will help the tight ends learn how to block better, be more efficient with how they help the in a run-blocking scheme or you know how they help execute of that physical nature right at the line in the, in the point of contact on the, on the line of scrimmage. Um so I think that's a it's a really interesting change for him uh, in, in the mix with the, the familiar face that will be back. Uh, Justin Enna, uh, as you already kind of talked about, getting those uh, inside linebackers and uh, his experience under Gary Anderson and, and Kyle Winningham at Utah, bringing that to Utah State. And then Boje Filimoyatu, who's a guy coaching the defensive ends, that former guy at, uh, at Utah State, spent some time at Utah, um, was at Utah as a uh, as a graduate assistant, an assistant coach. So uh, he brings some of that understanding and knowledge uh, to to Logan as well. So uh, I really like the makeup of this coaching staff. It has some mix of of guys that are experienced and have been around with some new up and coming energy and and excitement. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. uh, to be honest, I, I haven't really interacted much with. Coach Orfe with the cornerbacks, or Coach Caputo with the safeties. I, I haven't had a real chance to interact with them very much, but I know that the the players speak very highly of them. And Coach T.J. Woods, by the way, is is awesome. <laughs> In fact, when we were walking out of the building. It's like, hey, those are the sports radio guys. All it, they do is talk. Yeah, they like to talk a lot. <laughs> well, you're right, Coach. At least we're talking about you. Yeah. Coaching an offensive line is like marinating a steak. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> you don't just throw it on the grill. You got to let it sit and got to work it for a while. It takes time to get it right, to get the right flavor. Yeah. And he wants his offensive lineman to have the right flavor. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I wish Quinn would have been here to be able to react to that comment. <laughs> oh, he would have. <laughs> Quinn is great. You would have. Hey, what's your favorite? Uh, what was your favorite interview so far of Utah State? I mean, in th- you've been able to interview great, great Utah State players and coaches. A random, way off the target question, but what's your favorite interview? Oh boy, between coaches or players? Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you have like coach and a player, I just because that TJ Woods interview was actually pretty enlightening. That was for fun. Me. And Quinn Ficklin was Quinn hilarious Ficklin last is, year. He's like in the Hall of Fame for <laughs> Aggie interviews. That guy is. No shame, and he's quick on his feet. And <laughs> I love that guy. Uh, another one who's, who was fun just was recently uh, last. This was last year, but Devin Anderson. He's on the team again this year. Oh, really? He's a fun interview too. No kidding. Yeah, he's a goofball. Was he one of your get to know Aggies by chance? Or? Yes. Oh, yeah. I should have listened to that. Yeah, it, it's fun. Dang it. Yeah, yeah, he's good. Hey, are you guys doing that again? Your get to know Aggies for yep. pregame? Oh, I've already be been awesome. working on them. We already have quite a few in the bank. I can't wait. We'll be gathering more as the season continues. Those are a lot of fun. Uh, I'll be honest, some. Some players are uh, maybe they're they're deeper thinkers, and so it's not as funny because they want to be very serious and thoughtful about their answers. <laughs> Others are just, yeah, man, whatever the top of my mind, it's just flowing and it's 
pretty goofy <laughs> stuff. But uh, anyway, um, no, I, I like the makeup of this this team. I think they've got some interesting uh, graduate assistants that are in the mix as well, helping them out, um, and guys that have been around for a while mixed with some of this experience from other places. Uh, and all of them, all of them said, have said when I've talked to them why they chose to come to Utah State, oh, Gary Anderson. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I'll, absolutely. I'll do anything to go be with that yes. guy and be on his staff. He has earned the respect very, very quickly. And again, he's got a great it, – it doesn't hurt that he has an incredible staff, though. You know, Again, Justin Enna, when you talk to him, it, it, his wheels are spinning all the time. And you can just tell how much he cares about these kids. And the same thing – I mean, again, we already talked about Frank Miley to no end. You can, you can absolutely agree with that. Um but the whole locker room thing I thought was something that – look, it's one thing to say it, but it's another thing to do it. And I think the locker room decision by Gary Anderson to to upgrade the facility for the kids was the most, like, biggest statement that you could say. I care – I'm here for you. Yeah, oh It my is gosh, not about no me. Kidding. It is about you. Let's make it that way. And that's – doing that was, I mean, every word of proof, which was incredible. Yeah, very cool thing for him to do. Um, all right, coming up next here on the Full Court Press, uh, the – Let's stay on Mountain West football for a mm. moment. Let's get into these uh, these lines that have been set. Yes. And you take the over or the under, and where do they think the Utah State Aggies will be? How many wins are they giving to the Utah State Aggies for the 2019 season? We'll get into that next in the Full Court Press. Interviews, analysis, and a little bit of fun mixed in. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Eric France and Andre Salveson, Full Court Press, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. Dude, I got a lot of text about our uh, <laughs> about our uh, movie quiz, and you know what's really crappy? I, uh, they're like, yeah, we can what, tell what the movie was is because my personation <laughs> wasn't good, but yours was great. So they knew exactly, and I was like, okay, my Henry Rowan Gardner was pretty good. Uh, yes, we reenacted a scene from The Rookie. No, no, sorry, Rookie of the Year. We, we debated The Rookie and who the actors were. Uh, the movie we did was Rookie of the Year. It did not have Dennis Quaid or Harrison Ford. <laughs> that I had movie. people blowing up my Twitter account. <laughs> oh my gosh. It was. It wasn't, and it wasn't, it wasn't Dennis Quaid. It was uh, Jonathan Taylor Thomas. Hey, by the way, Utah State's Jordan Love named to the Manning Award watch list that was announced earlier today. Just really quickly, want to get that out. That's uh, the watch lists that he is on. Just, just piling up, man. Longer and longer lists. Just piling up. It's awesome stuff, though. Okay, so there is a place that set the the betting lines. What they think the various teams of the Mountain West Conference, mm-hmm. what their win totals will be. Yeah. Where do they have the Aggies? So this is really interesting. Uh, Brandon Murphy tweeted this out that this bet online had the Mountain West teams of their over-under. Boise State, 10. Fresno State, 8. San Diego State, 8. Uh, Air Force at 7.5. Utah State at 6.5. Nevada at 6. Hawaii at 5.5. They play 13 games. Uh, Wyoming, or Hawaii at 5.5, as is Wyoming. Uh, Colorado State at 3.5. New Mexico at 4.5. UNLV at 4. And San Jose State, way too much credit, 2.5. 
I'm a little surprised at uh, Colorado State, how low they have them. Utah State over or under six and a half. I'll take the over. Absolutely, me too. I think they're going to be eight wins positive. That would be a great year. Nine wins would be ecstatic. Nine would be outstanding. Um, seven may be a little more realistic, but I'd actually, I'm, I'm, I've, I've already put it out there. I think they go for eight wins. Me too. I, I do. I think they go for eight wins as well. Uh, Boise at ten though. Yeah, That's high for me, isn't that? Or am I just, crazy? There's always so much love for Boise State coming into every year. They don't even know where their quarterback's going to be. That's the other problem. And by the way, they come to Utah State this year, and I think Utah State's got unfinished business on their mind. They are bitter Boise as all State get out about that loss. Does have some good returners on defense. They do have uh, a running back that's coming back. But still. what about Air Force at seven and a half? That surprises me. <laughs> I, Man. So they must say they're going to be Utah State one. at home. I mean, at seven and a half wins, that's. You also have to remember a lot of these times, the, the, these betting places yeah. set lines just to get you to bet. Yeah, that's just a good point. Just to get you to place money. Yeah, that's a good, yeah. Just so you can go so chase sometimes in the casino. It's, yes. It seems a little ridiculous because they, they're, they're trying to tempt you and goat you into spending your money to. To place a wager. Yeah. But yeah, I think Utah State, I would take the over. Where was Fresno? Where did they put Fresno? Uh, they had Fresno State at eight. Okay. I'd actually, I, th- I think I'd take the over on that. Let me make sure I got that right. Yeah, eight. And then San Jose State's at eight as well, by the way. Interesting. So they have one, two, three, four teams ahead of Utah State. Again, six and a half. This is way- In fact, uh, Dan All Hubbard those said teams, over. Utah State will have to play. Larry Gates said over, and he was laughing when he actually said it too. Uh, everybody, I when I tweeted out, everyone said over. Not even close. And what, what did you say? Over. Yeah. But I was also saying the teams that they have above USU as having higher win totals, USU has to play all of those teams. Yeah. They, I mean, they got to go to Air Force, go to San Diego, go to Fresno, and they get Boise State at home. Yeah, Ouch. It's a tough, Good tough schedule. Good crap, man. For the Aggies. Yeah, that is brutal, isn't it? Thank goodness they get Nevada at home, though. That's a plus. San Jose State at two and a half. Go under. That might, that might take the under. <laughs> I don't know who you have beaten. <laughs> but yeah, go under. <laughs> uh, very interesting. All right, coming up next here in the Full Court Press, quick some some quick thoughts about Team USA. Man. They're playing Australia in the early hours. Yeah, you're sleeping over tonight on my couch, Tomorrow. Right? We can catch up at 3.30 a.m. Watch the game. We'll talk about the game Next on the Full Court Press. It's the Full Court Press. Weekday afternoons from 4 to 6 on Sports Talk Radio. 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Team USA takes on the, uh, what do they, they call them? The Boomers? Yes. Yes. Uh, Greg Popovich yesterday said they are a huge, huge threat. They're expecting a record basketball crowd of 50,000. I'm hearing 63,000. It's being played at Marvel Stadium. Uh, Coach Popovich says they are one of the teams that can win the whole thing without a doubt. I'm not saying that because I'm here. It's just a fact. I said they've been close for several years. Calls them hungry, talented. They have toughness and physicality. Uh, They lost the bronze medal final to... Uh, Spain in the 2016 Olympics, but this is a this is a pretty good team. This There's is a, a great team. The, the basketball in Australia has been improving significantly. Oh my gosh, I could not years. agree with you more. 
cannot agree with you more. Uh, so folks want to watch it, how and where can they do that? So you can actually, so get up early, set your alarm. It's a 3.30 a.m. start for us. Oh my gosh. 5.30 a.m., you know, other play, Eastern Coast, I guess, but 3.30 a.m. our start. NBA TV will have it live. Set your DVR. Record it. No, get up. Experience the joy of watching, I just stay of up watching night? Joe Ingles trash talk Donovan Mitchell into a technical <laughs> foul. That would be entertaining. Okay, who will have more points, Joe or Donovan? Oh, uh, wow. Um, ooh. I'd probably say, I'm going to say Donovan. I like it. By the way, some of the other guys that are on this roster are familiar. Andrew Bogut, Matthew Deladova, uh, former St. Mary's kid, also former St. Mary's kid, Patty Mills. Um, Joe Ingles, Chris Golding, uh, are, are some of the other names are going to, they're going to be, this is going to be a good team. Oh, that'll be fun. Uh, Kemba Walker made some comments. Uh, he said, we don't care. We want to be here. We're putting in the time to be here. Definitely. To- we definitely take that as motivation. Talking about all the players that have been leaving. Do you like them playing on the home court of a different country for an exhibition? I think it's great. I think it's awesome too. Yeah, it's good for them. In front of a record crowd. This is going to be really good mentally testing for them. Yes. I'm really interested to see how this goes. Yeah, they will play them again on Saturday. So they get a couple of chances to play them. Oh, they do this? They'll play them twice? Yes. Oh, cool. Cool. So um, anyway, uh, Walker, Donovan Mitchell, Marcus Smart, they're going to be kind of sharing the duties with the, the backcourt. Uh, back so will they, so, so they would all start, no? You think uh, uh, Donovan and Kemba for sure start, right? I mean, I I'm not crazy there. Am I'm I? not sure. I'd be surprised if Donovan didn't start. But this is kind of a stat that blows my mind. I know this is not on a Tuesday. Let's but hear it. The Americans have won all 25 games against Australia since 1964. Do you think that's, that's 55 years of losses to to the Americans? Over under two and over one or just a split? What do you think? Uh, I think it'll be a split. Me too. I think they lose on Saturday. I either lose. Tomorrow oh, morning man, or that, on Saturday. That almost sits in my stomach wrong. Finally, real quickly, Utah Jazz, ESPN experts have the Jazz at number four for next season, 52 and 30. Uh, they have the in the West, Denver at number one, oh. followed by the Clippers and the Rockets. What? Yeah, we'll have to debate that tomorrow. Drugs. Thanks for tuning in, everybody.